0: Get warmed up for when He comes back to get us. There used to be old song saying, "I'm just warming up." That's it. And just getting ready. Coming one day. God's good. First Corinthians one and eighteen. Just great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. First Corinthians one and eighteen. Paul wrote to the church, "For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness." That's hard to believe, isn't it? But unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. And we're going. Our lesson today is on preaching the cross. Preaching the cross. Let's pray together for the lesson this morning. God, we just thank you for your goodness and mercy. For bringing us into this place to hear from your word. God, just touch us today and strengthen us by it. We're going to praise you for it. God, let us be more like you as we learn from your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning for you're seated. Thankful for his word today. God is good. God is good. God is good. For the preaching of the cross You know now you know we've got this this group of people who think that you know uh, that you can't talk about Christmas until after Thanksgiving but um, I'm thankful for him every every day wouldn't matter if it's a holiday or not thankful for him and uh, you know so this time of year though is what a great time it is when people are kind of focused in that direction the birth of the Lord and you know I know there's some people Christmas has nothing to do with Jesus at all. I mean, they just they like all the celebrations and the parades and Santa Claus and all that stuff, and that's their thing. But we have an opportunity now at this time of the year to help people understand what it meant when He came, why He was here, Um, and I'm thankful because you know the angel said, "For unto you is born this day a Savior, Christ the Lord." And but you can't leave Jesus there. You can't leave him in the manger uh, because a Savior that is left in the manger is a Savior in title only. He had to go to the cross. The cross was necessary. It was going to be what we needed uh, for the salvation part to come. A Savior is trying to save people. He's bringing salvation. But if he stays in the manger, which is where a lot of people leave him, Uh, then he doesn't save anybody. The baby alive was the Savior, but he hadn't done the act of salvation that we needed so desperately on that cross. And Paul said, as we are preaching the cross, it is to them that perish foolishness. I thought about that just, just reading that this morning as we were just here just a moment ago. It brought me back to the scripture where it said that it's not the Lord's will that any perish, but that all come to repentance. And so it makes me understand that he's talking about there are people who are unrepented and they do not have a penitent spirit. They're not sorry for the way they're living and they're, they're actually perishing. They can be saved. They can turn that, God can turn that around, but they are perishing uh, because they will not repent. And to people who won't repent, that's people who live in their own ways. I'm going to do it my way. My way is the best way. I, I can figure this out. I'm going to make it. And so all your uh, preaching about this cross and things like that, that's foolishness to me. They don't, they don't buy into it. They don't, they don't see any need to it. But for those of us who have experienced that salvation... For those of us who have been to the water and been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, to us it is the power of God. Paul said in one place, preaching of the cross is the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He wrote, he said, for it is the power of God and the salvation to all them that believe. And so when we believe in this message and obey this message and we're saved by this message, we understand that the preaching of the cross is not silly. It's not foolishness. It's not a waste of time. It is the power of God. Amen. We thank God for the cross. Oh, without it, we'd be lost. Uh, the Lord had to go there. We, we sing about it. I'll cherish that old rugged cross. I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. We sing about the cross, the sacrifice that was on. it. We preach about it as we're doing today. But, uh, you know, the cross, it is the cross that helped make us who we are. You wouldn't be who you are today without the cross. Uh, that's, That's a fact. There's a change that comes to the believer. We are born again and uh, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. We're born again. We're different uh, than we were before uh, we came to an altar of repentance. We, repentance, it changes your direction. It changes who you are. The blood washes you. It's all. New birth is all about change. Paul said, it's by the grace of God that I am who I am. And so we realize that it's the cross and the sacrifice there, the mercy that was shown there that makes us, who we are, our lives are changed forever because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on His cross at Calvary, and it was a heavy cross, I'm sure, not just uh, in natural weight, but because of the sin of the world that Jesus was bringing with Him. Uh, it was a rugged cross, it was a bloody cross, it was an instrument of death. It was a sign. Even the Scripture says. Uh, everyone that hangs on a tree is cursed. It was to the Jewish people, uh, people hanging on a tree, it was a curse. That's why you would read in the Old Testament where they would go and cut them down before uh, the nighttime got there because it was a curse to be hanged on the tree. But um, with all the negative that it was, it was needed. We had to have it. There was no other way. Jesus said, to this end I was born. This has got to happen. He told Peter, you know, put your sword up. Uh, He said, don't you know, I could call angels now to fight for me, but then how would the scripture be fulfilled? How could uh, what this world needs happen if I don't go to this cross? Our sins, our transgressions that he bore in his body were nailed to that cross. And so we thank God for the cross Uh, Paul said this in Galatians 6 and 14. He said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Paul was always adamant. He said, I'm determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And let me tell you, preaching the cross is always words. Often it's with your life. So you, we need to understand that you may not ever, you don't have to open your mouth a lot of times to preach. Just live your life the way Jesus uh, designed it to be lived. Live the way, like a saved person, someone who appreciates that someone actually went and died for you. He died for us on that cross. I'm thankful for the cross of Christ. I'm thankful for that and. Uh, You know, in Colossians 2, Paul wrote that uh, the things that were contrary to us, Jesus took those things and nailed them to his cross. The things that were against us, uh, he took on his cross. There's a lot happened on his cross. And so I'm thankful today for the cross of Christ. Yet that is not the only cross in our life, or it shouldn't be uh, the only cross in our life. When Jesus was crucified at Calvary, we know that there were three crosses because there was a thief hanging on either side of him. And I thought about those three crosses and what they represented. Of course, number one in the middle was the Savior. What he was doing there, uh, he, he wasn't there because he was guilty. He wasn't there because he was wrong. He was there for us. But you know who, what happened on that cross for all three? They all three died. Nobody came off that uh, cross that day. Well, they, they teased him and mocked him and asked him to do it. If you are who you say you are, come down from that cross. But he stayed there and he died on that cross. But then I thought about the other two. There was one thief who was really uh, railing on him and... Uh, you know, if you are the Christ, if you are who you say you are, then save us and yourself. Get us off here. You, you know, he, he didn't want to change. He wasn't sorry for what he'd done. He just wanted a way out. He was not, uh, he didn't have a penitent heart even at that stage because the other thief said, Don't you even fear God now? He said, We're here because we deserve it. This man's done nothing uh, to deserve this, but he, yet he, here he is. And so then he turns to the Lord and he says, Lord, you know, today would you remember me as you come into your kingdom? And the Lord told him, he said, today you shall be with me in paradise. So, so we know that at that point, uh, you know, even then to get to paradise, there was a cross involved. But whether, here's the thing, whether we ever repent or whether we do repent, there's a cross in our life because the cross represents death. We're all going to, die one day if the Lord tarries. That's going to happen. I don't want to die thinking, hey, you can get me out of this. I don't want to be taking my last breath going, hey, you can get me out of this. Instead, I want to be, Lord, remember me. I know who you are. I'm sorry for the way I lived. I recognize you're the Lord. I recognize that you're the King of Kings. I recognize that you're the Savior. And and I want to make sure that I'm recognizing that cross. But to get back to where we were going, uh, I said there's more than one cross, uh, more than the cross of Calvary. There's our cross. Where's your cross at today? We all have a cross to bear, but we won't all bear it. That's a fact. We don't carry Calvary's cross. That was his. It was the cross for salvation. But we do have our own cross to bear. And when we carry our cross, we are preaching his cross. Do you understand that? When you carry your cross, you're preaching his cross by the lifestyle that you now live. You're, you're, you're showing that the sacrifice that was made on Calvary, the blood that was spilled, it gives me the life that I have today. And so I carry this cross so I can preach his cross to the people that see me. Jesus said it like this, Matthew 10 and 38, and he that taketh not his cross, taketh his cross. He didn't say takes my cross. We're not taking his cross. We've got our own cross. We've got a life. To live now for him, he said, and if we won't take our cross and then follow him, he said, he's not worthy of me. There's two things happening here, taking a cross, two actions, taking the cross and following. A lot of people follow Jesus. Jesus even said it in his day, he said, you follow me for the fish and the loaves. You follow me for the miracles. You follow me for the things that I can give you. And said, but how many people are taking their cross and following me? Because it's not an option. The cross is not an option in your walk with God, it's got to be there. We don't get to just follow Him and, and do the miraculous and see the miraculous and be involved in all the, the good stuff. There is a cross that we must carry so we can actually show what He's done. We've got to do that. He explained it a little better in, or a little further. In Matthew 16 and 24, Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man, I don't care who he is, rich, poor, young, old, smart, dumb, good looking or ugly, I don't care who he is, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The idea that we will just uh, wedge the cross into our lifestyle is ridiculous and it's a lie it don't happen like that there are things that we must take to the cross to die anything i take to the cross will die the cross is not a place to lay your head down and sleep the cross is not a place of comfort and and things the cross was an instrument of death to the lord and the servant is not greater than his master and if he died on his cross i'll die on my cross I will deny myself and take up my cross and follow me. Now, there's three actions. That denial of self, that's a hard one. Paul said it. I've got trouble. He said, there's a war in my members. I'm always fighting because there's sin that just wants me to do the wrong things when I want to do the right things. And then when I want to do the right things, I end up doing the wrong things. And there's a war inside of me. And there's a, we have to fight our flesh. We have to uh, keep ourselves and put our bodies under subjection so that we don't after we, Paul said after I preached I don't want to be a castaway. so I don't want to uh, live this life uh, you know so long or so close and then all of a sudden be lost because I decided to lay the cross down I want to deny myself, take up my cross and follow me you know, many pla- there was places where Jesus would tell someone, follow me. And they said, well, let me go do this first. Let me take care of this. And he never, he just said, that's up to you. I'm going to, you know, he, he gave the offer to, to the disciples. He didn't grab them by the hand and start dragging them. He just said, follow me. Their decision to lay down their nets, that was their lifestyle. They had been raised and trained. They were going to take over the family business. I'm sure one day and they would continue this fishing. That's what they knew. That was their life. And yet they denied themselves. Peter was married, had a family. I don't know that he had kids, but you do know he had a wife and he had family. But he, was, he walked away from things so that he could follow the Lord and learn what the Lord wanted him to know. It doesn't mean he despised his wife and he never had any contact with her again or anything like that, but it was just this nothing can be more important than this life with him. Because if I can get the life with him in the right place, the rest of life is going to work out it'll work out but when I start trying to put things in front of him I saw a preacher one time preaching something similar to this and he had a it was a youth thing years ago years ago preachers always using props back then and I don't know how much stuff he had in a box on that day but he had a guy and he said, we're supposed to be running this race and he put uh, like a, a basketball or something in his hands, and he run a lap. Then he put a football in his hand. And he run. And he handed him a baseball bat or a fishing rod, or you know, he just kept piling, piling things on. His, and the guy's he's like this, and he's trying to run now, and he's dropping stuff, and he's got all this stuff on, and he's like, Now, where are we going to put this cross at? And the only way for him to take that cross up was to let go of those things that were hindering him. Thus, the scripture. Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us. And run with patience the race that is set before us. There are things that we will have to let go of. Sometimes it's things that we think I can't do without. In Mark 10, we find Jesus being questioned by a young man who said, I'd like to have eternal life. What do I need to do? The thing about this guy. He said he was very rich, had great possessions. He... Kept the law. He said, I've done these things in the law since I was young. I've, I've done all these things. So what, what else do I lack? Mark 10 and 21 says, Jesus looked at him. He beheld him. Loved him. Always loved this scripture because even though Jesus knows he's missing out on something, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love him. And he loves him enough to tell him the truth. That's the thing is Jesus loves you enough to tell you the truth. This is in your way. And he said, there's one thing that you lack. Go thy way. Sell whatever you have and then give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross and follow me. He didn't say, just come on and follow me. I could probably use that money on this trip. You know, you could do a lot with that money for the gospel. He didn't say it. He said, you're going to have to get rid of it because these things are a hindrance to you. And, and he said, if you, you'll sell those things and distribute them here on earth, you'll have treasure in heaven. And it's amazing what we will trade heaven for. Because this guy said he went away very sad and he was grieved because he had great possessions. And Jesus said, how hardly shall the rich enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's not that rich people can't get there. People that have what we, you know, you know rich is in the eye of the beholder. They say beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Well, being rich is just in the eye of the beholder. We think people that are billionaires, well, they're rich. Why? Because they got a lot of money. They got a lot of headache, a lot of heartache. You know, they got a lot of trouble too. And we think I tell you, people that are rich are people who are are living that life for God. Who who they may not have all the money that they need in the bank, but they know that there's a, a treasure waiting for them somewhere else. They know that one day they're going to hear the Savior say well done, good and faithful service. One day they, they realize there's a street of gold to walk on and as they cross through the gate of pearl they, they realize uh, that there's a treasure somewhere else where moth and, uh, can't destroy it and rust can't get to it and thieves can't steal it. It's, it's uh, a treasure, uh, a crown uh, one place said it, it it didn't fade away. It's there forever and uh, you know Riches in this life, it says, can make wings and fly away. I've watched in, over the years and see these stories on celebrities that were so rich, and then you see these stories, and now they're so broke. And you're like, how do you waste away billions of dollars? because they never thought it would end? They never thought, they were musicians. You remember how big MC Hammer was? Man, that dude was on top of the world. But he went broke, bankrupt, just spending, 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 because it'll never end. Really? Dude, you think them pants you're wearing one day ain't going out of style? They going out of style. That haircut and all that stuff, that's going out of style one day. You ain't going to be selling. Yeah, he had like one hit. So, yeah, and he thought it'll last forever, but it didn't. It didn't. And the things that we think make people rich in this life, they don't last. But taking up that cross, carrying that cross and following him, uh, you, you tell me, would you, you think, well, I'd rather have all this riches and fame or would I rather see people come to the Lord and be saved? Would I rather see miracles, signs and wonders, the kingdom of heaven being preached? At? That's what I want to see. That's where I find my joy. That's where I find my riches. And I find it because of the cross. Because it's not an option. He said, you're going to get rid of these things, get the things that hinder you. See, it wasn't about his money he couldn't let go of his money. He couldn't deny himself. He's like, you know, but if he had been the kind of guy that was always giving, generous, just money coming in and giving it, the Lord probably would have said, follow me. But he knew already, I know what you lack, and I know what's in your way. And you've got to let go of the things that are in your way so you can find out what it's like to have real treasure. And he couldn't do it. He, he could not imagine a, a life where I don't have you know, a pocket full of coin. Uh, you know, where I'm always—I uh, can't imagine not sleeping in uh, fine sheets and eating the best food and having the best things. I can't imagine. I can't imagine sleeping out under the stars and giving my stuff to the poor. Yeah, no, it's better, blessed, more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so, our cross. What I'm saying is, we're preaching the cross now. You realize that when we're preaching His cross. It's because we're carrying our cross. Because I don't have a cross to bear if he didn't go to his cross. I don't have anything to tell anybody if he didn't do his, but because he went to his cross and because I found myself at the foot of his cross and because the blood that he shed on his cross uh, touched my life and washed my sins away, now uh, I can take up my cross. Luke, uh, in Luke 9 The scripture is the same, but there's one word that Luke added in this uh, in this verse about carrying the cross that uh, that we need to get. I think every scripture adds to the other, and in Luke's you know recount of this, he said he said to them all, "If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, got it, take up his cross daily." Now, the other ones don't, that word daily is not there, but here Luke remembered a a detail, daily. This is not something, it's it's not seasonal. It's not a fad. It's not something that comes in style and goes out of style. We'll we'll put it in the closet, that'll come back in one day. It ain't like bell-bottom jeans. Just put them in the closet. You put them back on in a few years, they'll come back in style. It's not like these trends of the world that, uh, you know, went out and then they come back in. I mean, you know, people are actually wearing mullets again. If if that ain't a sign that the world's coming to an end, that Jesus is coming back soon, that the mullet is probably in here somewhere if we find it. We look, Matthew 25, it's probably in there somewhere. But that's, uh, you know, that there's things in the world that they go out of style and they come back in style and people are like oh hey I used to do that when I was a teenager now it's back again see I I I had that when I was in school ain't no way this old man's wearing uh, that's back in style let me just grow a mullet that's Mm -mm. (laughs) stupid no so he said the cross it's a daily walk with him we will be walking with him daily uh Wherever I go, what, what, so you've got to think now, what's my daily routine? Is it school? Is it work? What is it? Whatever it is, the cross should go with you. He said, take up the cross daily, not lay it down. I never find a place where he said lay it down. I do believe this, is that when we are caught up Together in the air to meet him, every cross will stay where it lies. Some people will take their cross to their graves and some will be still carrying them when he comes back. But when he calls, there's no need for the cross in heaven. If, if you could see the spiritual crosses that'll be left, man, what a, what a, a stack of wood that would be. But uh, he said, we're going to take this cross up daily and not lay it down. And just as the cross of Jesus was a cross of sacrifice, ours will be as well. We should never buy into the idea that there's nothing for us to sacrifice. Uh, Romans 12 1, Paul wrote to the church now, to the saints, to those that have already been born again. He's saying, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You should not expect any. If it's reasonable, you shouldn't expect anything less. There's, it's, it's what's expected. This is your reasonable service. This is what you should be doing uh, because of these mercies that God has given us. So he said, present your body. This is what people see, your bodies, not your mind. And of course, your mind, we've, we've got to glorify God in our bodies, our spirit, all these things, they all belong to God. I know it's got to be right inside, but he said what people see should be a living sacrifice. They should be able to see uh, the work that God has done in your life just by the way you act, by the way you talk, the way you present yourself. It's it's not all, don't, don't get me wrong, it's not all about physical appearance. It is about physical appearance, but it's not all about physical appearance. Because, it, it, you know, Jesus got onto the Pharisees about that. He said, you wash the outside of the cup, but you leave the inside filthy. So it's both of us, it's all defiled. So, I, I, but a lot of people think, well, I can just wash the inside of the cup. Well, i, I, I tell you this. Wash the inside of your cup, bring it to me, and I'm going to go out there in the chicken coop and roll it all around. I ain't going to get none on the inside. And I'm going to pour you a nice glass of iced tea. So here you go, drink that. Can I have a straw? No, <laughs> no. Now no, put your lips on the rim of that thing. Uh, but you've been, ah, uh, okay. So you, you see, he said, make it all clean. Our bodies, what people see, what people uh, take in, they, they have to understand that we are living sacrifices and that's holy, acceptable unto God. And so uh, if you're trying to find out where holiness comes from, you look to the Lord. You don't look to men, you look to the Lord. The scripture said be holy because he's holy. And so I look at him, mercy, grace, forgiveness, kindness, all these things, uh, fruit of the spirit uh, evident in our lives so that people say you can, you, know, you can judge a tree by the fruit it bears and that's, that's taking the cross up. They see the fruit of the work that God has done in our life. Our flesh does not want the cross. Even Jesus prayed in agony because he knew what was coming. He said, if it's possible, you know, he knew. I, I, I don't want to go and be whipped and beat and punched and you know, cut up and then nailed to a cross. I don't want that, but it's necessary. It's got to happen. And so I've got to do this thing. I'm going to have to deny myself and take it up and cross living will make you stand out. Yeah. And If you're like, I, you know, I don't want to be. I'm not talking about you've got to draw attention to yourself. That's different. When you're trying to, hey, look at me. I've I've said this before. You don't, you know, wear a T-shirt saying, hey, I'm sanctified and holier than you are, and you know, thing. Yes, you know, uh, we're not walking around with a, a big billboard saying, you know, I'm I'm holier than anybody else, or it's not that we're not trying to draw attention to us. We're trying to draw attention to him. When Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Well, how was he lifted up? On his cross. And so uh, when we carry our cross, we're preaching his cross. And as we lift him up, he's drawing all men. That, that's what people, they, they come to that. they And some of them, hey, some of them came to the cross as his enemy. But through the act of compassion and mercy, it's where they got a revelation. You know, we used to sing the old song, at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, the burdens of my soul rolled away. You know, well, I always think about when we would sing that song, I would think about that Roman soldier. I wonder how many times he hit Jesus going up that hill. I wonder what part he played in all that. But as he stood there and he watched, and when Jesus finally gave up the ghost and Jesus was dead, he said, truly, this is the Son of God. You never hear him say it before that. But there was something about seeing him there in that place, in that sacrifice. And, And that's the way a lot of people see exactly what Jesus can do is through the life you're living now. They, if they, especially if they knew you before, they like, wow what, what happened in your life, and you know, you can, you can start out well one word, Jesus, and then you can expound. But you know, it's, that's it. it. Is you're carrying your cross. You don't even realize it. You're, 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 praying. You're doing your best. Uh, um, you know, you're you're doing all that you can do it. Uh, and you, you even think, man, I'm not doing nothing somebody sees you carrying that cross and what you're actually doing is you're preaching his cross and now people are like "Well, man, I would like that peace that you have I would like that joy that you have I I, I see that that, that smile that you have all the time and I I know that things just, you know, you got stuff going on in your life but it just seems like you don't let it get you down isn't it amazing that carrying such a cruel instrument can help you get through the day because the Lord gives you strength, helps you with these things. And so you're going to stand out. You're not here to build a reputation for yourself. You're not trying to magnify yourself. You just want people to see him. And let me tell you, you can't blend in with a cross on your back. Don't believe me, make one. And then go walk in the middle of downtown somewhere and see how many people turn around. I'm just like everybody. Nothing to see here. Hey, you know you got something on your back? You'll know it. You ever see that guy walking down the side of the road with that cross? You ever seen him? I see a lot of people walking down the side of the road. But then I'll say, hey, that guy's got a cross. You just you stand out. You can't blend in with a cross on your back there's a lot of places the cross won't fit you know you you can't try and decorate or embellish your cross with the things of the world so it'll fit in you can't camouflage your cross it won't work it simply will not fit everywhere it won't go through every doorway it won't go into every place it's, it's supposed to be there and you can't The only way you can enter into some places is to set that thing down. Don't lay your cross down. Keep that cross up. This is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. This this is cross carriers. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God? That's Don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Temple of God with idols. For you are the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them. I'll be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. A lot of people read that and they say, Come out and be separate. Saith that pastor. They, they like to they like to blame the preacher for for stuff, for words like that. Like he's always telling us what we can't do and we got. Saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you. You should be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. That's the Lord talking, Say it, telling us you're going to be different. You're going to be separate. You're going to have to come out from among those things. The cross shows that we have denied ourselves even as Jesus did. Not my will, but thy will. We need that that revelation today of not my will, but thy will be done. Because people need to know what the cross can actually do in our life. How will anybody know if we never carry our cross? You can't. You can't take that cross and hang it around the rear view mirror. Yeah, you, you can't put that one on your keychain. It can't be on your bumper sticker or your license tag or your T-shirt or your shoelaces or wherever else they put them now. It's got to be more than an ornament on your tree. It's got to be more. This is a cross that you take up daily. It signifies that you have embraced what Jesus did for you and you're going to live this life of cross-carrying until he comes back to get you. But Paul said, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. The word preaching there, it it means whatever is said or thought, the reasoning and the motive behind what is said and thought. So the preaching of the cross is foolishness. The word foolishness means silliness, or absurdity, dull or stupid. So that's what they think about the preaching of the cross. They think that being saved by the Lamb of God is silly. That's absurd. That's for people who are dull and stupid. That's what they think about the preaching of the cross. They think what we say, what we think, the reason why we do what we do, that's absurd. But he said, but to us that are saved... It's the power of God. At his cross, they stared at him. They mocked him. They doubted him, cursed him, you know, killed him. So Jesus said, don't be surprised if they hate you. They hated me first. And there was nowhere that that hate was more evident than when he was hanging on Calvary's cross. Now, Jesus didn't go to the cross to be popular. So if you thought that uh, cross-carrying was going to make you a celebrity, of course, this world today has turned a lot of Christianity into the celebrity status, but Jesus didn't go to the cross to be popular. He went because it was needed and it had to be done. It was written of him. It, was, it had to be fulfilled. He went because of obedience. There is a world today that needs a witness they need to be able to see the preaching of the cross. It's needed in this world today. Some of our young people were just talking about they happened to be in Atlanta last night and the same place where that shooting happened last night. Thank God they were all okay. But so just young people, been a school age looking kids and, and they, they're just, people are mean and they're cruel and they're vicious and they don't know what Jesus can do for them. And that's why we see the world in such a shape as it is. This world needs to see that there's another life besides the one they're living. And our cross, it won't make us popular, but it's needed. Somebody needs to see your dedication, your consecration, and your obedience to the life that Jesus purchased for you with his blood. Because they would be no different than that Roman soldier. Rome was an enemy to the Jews. But that Roman soldier said, this is the son of God. The Bible says, now are we the sons of God. And you never know what friend or family member you just might win by showing them a revelation of what Jesus can do. So at the cross, we see the greatest act ever of love and compassion, mercy, forgiveness. I mean, look at him. He's fighting for every breath. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So if we find ourselves lacking in compassion and love and mercy and forgiveness, we might need to check and see where our cross is at. Because I promise you, when you lay that cross down, your compassion and love will start disappearing. If Jesus can say, Father, forgive them, so can I. He said, when you pray, we pray, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive others. He said, for if you won't forgive, neither will your Father forgive you. Our, our our prayer life is tied to carrying that cross, so it, it may seem like it's more well, it's more than we can do, but it's not because we can do all things through Christ. He'll give us the strength to do it. There is a reward and a joy for us when we carry the cross. And you can come to the music, darling. Stand with me this morning, Hebrews twelve and two. Even with such a great cloud of witnesses. We lay down weights and sins, run the race. And then the writer of Hebrews said, we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you want to carry your cross, just look at him. He said, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. So there was some endurance. There was going to be some shame. But then there was victory. Set down at the right hand of the throne of God. On the other side of that cross, on the other side of Calvary, there was going to be joy. So, when we see that soul come to Jesus, live their life for Him, that joy that you feel, it helps give you the power to endure that cross. Knowing that I'm going to hear Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant, one day, that's helping me and giving me strength to carry my cross daily because that's going to be worth it all. And I'm surely not going to lay down. My cross I'm not going to lay down my testimony just for the silliness of this world today. It's hey, now more than ever before. It's time to take that cross up and preach that cross. It's despised and foolish to some, but to us it's the power of God. Aren't you thankful for what the cross of Calvary did? And aren't you thankful that it gave you a better life? Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, thank you this morning for the sacrifice of your body, for the blood that purchased us, for the Holy Ghost that dwells inside of us. And Lord, we thank you for giving us an example, Lord, and letting us know that we can take this cross daily and follow you, that we can have treasure in heaven one day, Lord, that you've gone away to prepare a place so where you are, we can be also. And Lord, I pray that we'll all just... Carry this cross, and through carrying it, we're going to preach your life, your death, and your resurrection. Lord, help us with it today, as I know you will. Strengthen us in every way. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thankful for the cross of Calvary, but I'm thankful for my cross. I'm thankful for the life that I now get to live for him. Amen. All right. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. Amen.